You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 6th, 2020. My name is Philip Osterreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMB. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to go back in time and talk about the Orlando Magic's January 15th win over the Los Angeles Lakers, a 119-115 win over the Lakers, the game that we ranked on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, the best win of the best game and the best win of the Magic season. Uh, Zach Oliver of Orlando Pinstripe Post and I just uh, live streamed the game or watched the game on, on Twitch um, together and discussed a lot of topics about the Orlando Magic, both long-term and short-term about this game. So we're going to play a few clips from that live stream uh, from Locked On Live uh, on today's episode of Locked On Magic, so I hope you enjoy that conversation. Um, I do want to apologize to those that did try to to join the live stream. Uh, I had some audio issues early on. I was using a new program. I uh, was still getting the hang of things, so hopefully the next time we do a live stream of a Magic game or rewatch a Magic game, uh, we'll be uh, in a little bit better shape as far as um, as far as uh, what as far as uh, getting through the whole game. But we did get the whole second half in. I know the whole second half worked, had some great conversations. So we'll be talking about the second half, uh, or talking about what we talked about in the second half of that live stream. So definitely should be a lot of fun. Zach uh, was watching the game for the first time, so uh, a lot to get to, both issues big and small. So I hope you enjoy that. Before we dive into that game, though, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching Grab a Download Podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the latest on, say, the Los Angeles Lakers uh, with Kobe Bryant now entering the Hall of Fame? Check out Locked On Lakers. You can also check out Locked On Timberwolves for Kevin Garnett and Locked On Spurs for Tim Duncan. I don't know why you would want to, but Locked On Rockets, I'm sure we'll talk about Rudy Tomjanovich, but there's really no need to talk about that. No matter what your team is, whether it's in the NBA, MLB, NFL, college, too, you can find a Locked On podcast for you. Just search Ravy Down the Podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. I always, I feel like I always have to tell this to people. Um, this is still such an incredibly young team. Um, this is a team that is still like everyone's under 20. Everyone of importance is still under 25, 26 years old. I mean, DJ Augustine is the oldest player at what, 31, 32. Alfred Kuminu, I think, is the only other player of consequence in his 30s. Um, this uh, Nikola Vucevic might be thirty. I get ages wrong, so I, I don't want to say too much, say that too too definitively. But this Magic team has been is it, still so extremely young. Um, it, it's it's impossible not to kind of sit here and say say that they're 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 fully formed or that this is the final version of this Magic team. Um, they're They've still got a lot of development and growth to go. Uh, Nikola Vucevic is 29. He'll turn 30 in October. Um, Al Farouk Aminu will also turn oh, 30, 30 later wow. this year. He's not even 30. So the only player on this roster that is over 30 years old is DJ Augustine, 
who will turn uh, 33 later this season. Wow. Everyone else on the roster was born between 1990 and 1998. That is, that is I mean, I, 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 I still feel like you always have to, to hit that pause button and just remind yourself that this team is still incredibly young, that this team is still um, still in its development phase. They're, 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 they're not a finished product yet. It feels like they should be because... You know, I think a lot of fans still view this as year seven or eight of a rebuild, and they and they want things to happen quicker. But to me, this is still very much year three. This is Jeff Weltman's year third year with the team. They made that they essentially made the playoffs in two of those three years, and and obviously, I think that the next step is the big step uh, for this team um, is figuring out how to get out of the first round, how to get home court advantage. That's that's the big step that that Jeff Weltman has to, has to navigate and has to figure out how to, where, how to get this team to that, to that point. Um, and, 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 and that's, a, that's a tough step for teams to take. I mean, we've seen some of these teams take, you know, three, four, five, six seasons to take that step. I mean, you look at a team like the Raptors, right? They were kind of hanging around the seventh, eighth spot for two or three years, and then they – they got up to you know the three, four, maybe the five spot before, and then they you know made that splash and they got Kawhi Leonard, and then they they hit with another gem in Pascal Siakam, and then they they acquired Marcus All, and you know they won their championship. You know th- this isn't something that's built overnight, which is I think one of the biggest problems that some people have is is they it just expect it to be like this. You know, we saw it. You know, before with Shaq and Penny, how they were two generational talents that clicked, and they were able to do it like that. You know, we saw it with Dwight. You know, obviously, even with Dwight, it took a couple of years, and it, it took adding the Hedo Turkoglu, the Rashard Lewis piece, Jameer Nelson really coming into things. It, it took the addition of these pieces. Like this doesn't happen overnight. Yes, we're you know year whatever of the official post white rebuild but like you were saying we're only year three of of jeff weltman and, and john hammond and i think by and large they've done a fine job you know if you ask me the only move that i'm really questioning right now is how they handled the draft last year taking chumo yeah. and 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 that is just because i think that you look at some of the guys that were there they could have taken somebody that could have made an impact this season I, I think uh, as far as Jeff Weltman goes, I, I, th- I have two criticisms of his tenure to this point. Uh, the first is I think that they have done a poor job maximizing their late first and second round picks. Um, I, I agree with, with Weltman that you don't want to have a team that's too young and, and that has too many young players. Um, and so like trading Anzes Pesechnitz or, or taking Anzes Pesechnitz and not using that 25th pick in his first year that draft is a little, little screwy for them because they were, they just come in, like they were late in the process. Um, you know, that's forgivable. Um, but you know, Wesson one has been a nice player and I think that's good, but taking Melvin Frazier right after that, you know, someone who's essentially, you know, projected to be uh, the same player, um, and, and having him not contribute, I think was a little bit of a poor choice. Uh, and, and even on that front, like, yeah, taking Shumokiki, I get what they were trying to do. I think there were cap considerations and why they ultimately went that direction and, and did what they did with him. But I agree. They, they could have gotten I something agree. that could have helped them this year. I felt like it was very important 
that they do get a player that could help them because of their cap situation. And then, I, I, while I get the rationale behind signing Alfred Camino, that was clearly not the most immediate need that the Magic had. And, and, and obviously, it's hard to judge Aminu too harshly. He wasn't playing well, but, but he just had, did, hadn't played enough to, to really make any firm conclusions about where he fits or what he could have done for this team. Um, but very clearly, the Magic needed needed um, they needed a shooting. They needed a and, shooter, and they, and they got a player who you know. I get again. I get why they went after him. You know, I, I think there there is it wasn't an illogical choice. Um, but for a team that didn't have a lot of cap room, that 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 needed some cap flexibility, tying yourself to a three year deal to a player like Aminu, a little bit of a tough sell. And so so I you know, Butman overall. Great job hiring Clifford. Great job, you know, getting the contracts that he got for Vucevic and Gordon. Great job. Um, we'll see what he does with Evan Fournier this this off season or next off season or, or or whenever whenever Fournier hits free agency. Um, but but and, and those are big. That, that's a big test for Weltman. But but certainly you know not an A plus tenure. I would say from from the from a decision making standpoint. And this is just even before getting into results. No, but I mean we're still looking at you know, probably when you really get into the nitty gritty of it, we're probably looking at a, uh, like a, a strong oh, yeah, B, sure. a B plus for, for how they've handled the, uh, they've handled it. Cause you know, even, you know, when you look at, at some of the, you know, more questionable moves, you know, I, I do agree. I think they could have maximized their second round picks a little bit better. Um, but again, you know, it's so tough, especially the year that they had the two first rounders and the two second rounders, right. When they came in was you can't add, too many rookies at one time if you want to make that yeah, progress. Yeah, and and so um, I mean that that's going to lend us into the next question is is do the Magic use their draft pick this year? I mean, you look at where they're drafting at fifteen or sixteen. There are lots of good young shooters that 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 I think fit the Magic's eye. To be honest, in this year's draft, if I'm the Magic, you know maybe I think about trying to move up a few spots to make sure I get my guy, but. Um, I think if you're drafting at 15 or 16, the Magic have options to, to, to get a quality player in this year's draft. But again, do you want to be that young? At some point, yes. You know, you can't be satisfied being the 7 or 8 seed. You've got to find a way to take a step forward. And, and the best way for that is still internal development. It's still Aaron Gordon getting better. It's still Jonathan Isaac getting better. It's still Markel Fultz getting better. Um, it, but at a certain point, you know, you, you can't keep adding young players. You've got to maybe consolidate some of those into the veteran you're hoping to get. Yeah, um, I I agree. I think that I think that they probably use their pick this season. Um, it's like, like you were saying, there's there's going to be guys who fit a need for them right there, right? And then you also look at it. You know, Evan Fournier has the potential to be a free agent. Um, Melvin Frazier has a team option. I believe Wes Wundu has the opportunity to be a free agent. Like yeah, and um, Michael Carter Williams will be a free agent. DJ Augustine will be a free agent. You know, there are definitely holes that they have to fill there, um, or that you you know you at least want to take a guy that could potentially you know come in and, and make an impact and fill a hole if you end up losing one or yeah, more. Yeah, for of those sure. Guys. Um, our good pal Adam Papa Giorgio hopping on here uh, comments: People need to calm down about Weltman Hammond. They've been overall fine considering where we were before. Fultz alone grants you leniency. And of course, we, we mentioned all the great moves that, that Weltman and Hammond have made and, and failed to mention the Markel Fultz trade, which, which I do think was a, an appropriate risk and a, and a very brilliant move for the Magic. 
uh, obviously a huge, huge deal. That, that, right, and and that at the time that was the deal that you kind of had to yeah. make if you were not right. You know, they they ha- yeah they gave up a guy who was pretty much a lame duck who they probably weren't going to bring back who had overall been disappointing, and, and you get a guy back who has this potential. You know, even if you get a guy who's a low end starter, like that's that's a good yeah, deal for, for the match for sure. Um, and, and that that was definitely a move that they had to take. And you know, honestly, you look at another move that they made last season around the same time was signing uh, Michael Carter Williams to the ten day. You know, Carter Williams, while he definitely has his shortcomings, which have been well documented throughout his career, he made such a big impact on the team last season, and has continued to do yeah, so for this sure. season. And 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 he's. I mean, Steve Clifford cannot say enough good things about Michael Carter Williams. I mean, he is he is a guy that I think the Magic really, 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 really trust. Yeah, and I think that that's definitely important. And you know, Carter Williams is that guy that will come in. He'll just make those energy plays. Like he reminds me a little bit. Um, of like a Michael Petrus type, you know, Petrus came in and, and made some of those small plays that really gave you some energy. Obviously Petrus was a little bit different with what he brought to you because he was a better shooter than Carter Williams is. Um, but they're both en- good energy guys that, that have really made, um, made an impact with the second yeah, unit. Yeah. And, and kind of rehashing because, uh, because apparently my mic was off for the first half there. Um, but rehashing what we, what we talked about early, early on that, you know, Steve Clifford, you know, I, I think a fair criticism of him is is about his rotations and, and some of his decisions about whether to to stick with players or, or what lineup combinations to use. But you know, Steve Clifford, if you have his trust, you're going to get an opportunity. And and like Michael Carter Williams, almost immediately, you know, he had Steve Clifford's trust, and, and obviously that enabled him to get into the rotation. And, and he made good on that. And and I, I think one thing that Steve Clifford is really good at is. Once he finds a rotation that works, he maximizes it. And, and, and really, I think the struggle, for, for Clifford at least, has been that initial search for the right rotation and the right playing groups. And, and he gives everything the chance to, to succeed or fail. He gives everything ample opportunity to succeed or fail. Uh, but once he finds the right group, he makes the most of that group because he's, he's such a, a detail-oriented coach. Before we get back to the game, let me tell you about my secret weapon for learning new things and getting ahead. Even in self-isolation, it is hard to find the time to sit down to read and learn more. It seems like we're still, even though we're trying to slow down and take care of ourselves, still doing a million things. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There is an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people, like business leaders, are well-known for reading a lot of books. 
Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using the information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from the best sellers list, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read, but never had the time to. Uh, I, I am personally one who loves nonfiction books, and Blinkist has some of the best nonfiction books and best self-help books in the game. From The Sports Gene Inside the Science of Extraordinary Athletic Performance by David Epstein to This Is Your Brain on Sports, The Science of Underdogs, The Value of Rivalry, and What We Can Learn from the T-Shirt Canon by L. John Wertheim and Sam Somers. Clearly, some of the very best books and best writers out there. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. You know, he doesn't get those consistent minutes as JaVale McGee hammers one home. Yeah, and it is. This this is the part of the game where the magic got really, really rough. Like, I mean, I I think at this, this juncture of the game, they're playing solely on their offense, and Nikola Vucevic just hits just hits a three, and they're 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 playing uh, they're playing uh, just really you know really not great off great defense, but their offense is really carrying them through this part of the game. Yeah, which I, I think is a problem that we've seen with them this season is that they've just had so many defensive lapses. Um, and, and they haven't been consistent on that end. Yeah, and it's—I mean, what do you make of the team's defense this year? Um, It's—it's been—I'd have to say it's—it's it's been strange, um, to, to say the least. I think because we know this team can be very good defensively. Um, we've seen them be very <laughs> good defensively, and yet, you know, Kerr High. But 18 points for Wessel Wendu, as, as we're talking here. Um, we, we see them be, be very good defensively, and yet they've, they've had these moments where they're really poor. I mean, so much of what we're going to see coming out of this game when the Magic struggled for the, really the next month, month and a half, is their defense just completely slipped. I kind of wonder if maybe some of last season was just a perfect storm for them. You know, they, they had everything going in the right direction with the right pieces um, that really helped them uh, figure it out defensively. And there's Aaron Gordon. There's, there's, the he's, he's, he, was, he was angling for that for several weeks. He, was, he, was, he tried that a few times in games and, couldn't, and didn't pull it off. And then he did that, and it was just, oh, boy. Yeah. Oh. Poor JaVale McGee. That's... Jeez. Uh, so, a, a quick aside. Um, is that Aaron's best in-game dunk of his career? I, I think it might be. 
I'm trying to. I I I know I mentioned that as a possible topic uh, when we were when we were discussing what we were going to talk about throughout the course of the game. Um, and and I was I was trying to think. You know, he he had the the male the Malone dunk against the Pistons, which was nice. Uh, I'm I'm taking the Malone dunk. Was it against the Pistons? Was it Gordon to Hazonia, or was it Hazonia to Gordon on that dunk in the preseason game against the Heat? Uh, it was Hazonia to Gordon. If, if Adam, if you're still still here, I'm sure that you can correct uh, correct me when I'm wrong. But uh, I'm pretty sure it was uh, it was Hazonia to Gordon um, in that game. I think it was Hisonia to Gordon, and and, that, and maybe that was more Hisonia's pass than Gordon's dunk. But he he got up there for that one too. That was and that was Gordon's second year. I mean, he's he, he's Aaron's had a lot of good ones. I mean, he had yeah. that reverse um, alley from Fournier against the Sixers uh, yeah. earlier this season. There was a maybe it's because he, I, I see it. He ended Tyler. Maybe maybe it's because I, I I I saw it. I see it too much at work when when I'm cutting video and at the. The Western one do bounce pass to that little 180 along the baseline against the Suns this year was really nice. It was quietly very nice dunk. I mean, you know, we saw his his casual windmill yeah. earlier. Um, he did a 360 against, uh, I think, the Pistons on the fast break in a game, just casually. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying I'm trying to think of other just like. In game Aaron Gordon dunks because, like, we you know, we joke one AG, one AG highlight. He had, per game, he had one, he had one alley oop, at, at least one, where his hand was like the top of the bolt, the uh, the square on the backboard. I'm trying to remember, trying to remember. What I want to say, I want to say, DJ Augustine threw the half court, yeah, I remember that one against, I think that was against Detroit. I want to say, yeah, it's it's. It's definitely Aaron. You know, maybe this is the time to talk about Aaron Gordon. Um, you know, it, you know, Magic up eighty-one sixty-six here, middle of the third quarter. He's just done the the, the off the backboard alley oop, and and he's just you know that play in and of itself just has to give you so much confidence when you when you can juke a guy so bad that you can throw throw yourself an alley oop. Um, but he he starts to take over this game um, and he has a big finish to this game as well. Orlando's up 15 at, at this point, but so, but obviously there's, there's a lot more to come. Um, he, he is, he is so, it's got so much potential and yet it still just feels like all the pieces aren't, the, are, haven't been put together. And, and, and this game more than anything else just shows you what he could be and what he can do. Yeah, it does. And, I think we were really seeing that towards the end of the season, um, or at least the games that have been played so far. Um, I guess, you know, while I mention that quick aside, do you think that we resume this season or do you think that the rest of the season is kind of a lost cause at this point? I'm, I'm still optimistic. That was a nice dunk too. Um, he, and, 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 and now that Adam mentions it, yes, there, there is a monster dunk coming at the end of this game that I, that, that, that is, a humongous dunk, um, but um, I I still want to be optimistic. Um, I think that I think that it's probably more likely than not that we see that if if we do see basketball again this season, that we will see them all gather in one place like Las Vegas, play maybe every team gets like two maybe three games, and then we go to like an abbreviated like play in tournament. And then we hit the playoffs with like a best of three in the first round, best of five in the next mm-hmm. two rounds, and then best of seven in the finals to just get get it in. 
Um, I, I'm doing the crack research right now. That um, that Hazonia Gordon alley oop in the preseason against Heat was okay. Hazonia on the bounce to uh, to Gordon. Another one that I'm seeing that we forgot about a couple of years ago when against the Warriors when Aaron basically oh yeah the free throw line. Oh, that game was that that game was like the the blow a blowout game with the Warriors. But yes, I remember that dunk. And Draymond Green was just like, "Get me out of the way! I do not want to be in this poster." <laughs> Draymond got that was that was so a business bad. decision from Draymond Green. Is is Evan Fournier the best alley oop passer to Aaron Gordon? Peyton El- Alfred Payton was pretty good. Alfred was good. I, I say that as the last one that uh, on this top ten that I'm watching. Uh, was a Gordon reverse alley oop against the uh, Clippers, I believe, in the game that he scored okay. forty. The next was Gordon reverse against the Nets. He does early. love his reverse dunks. He does. He does love doing the one eighty in game. That's more probably more mm-hmm. to protect the ball and than then, anything else. Then Peyton to Gordon again with the one handed jam against the uh, the Suns. Let's see, oh. Oh, remember when Peyton threw the ball? Yes. Back oh, him? yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. That was uh, Hazonia yeah. to Peyton to Gordon. Oh, I remember that one now. That was on the break. Yes. Yep. And and I think we were like, Hazonia, just, just, just take that. You don't need to pass that ball back. You know, because that's what Hazonia does. We love you, Mario. I, I, I want to get your thoughts on this as, you know, knowing that the Magic do pull this game out. Being up 21 and trailing by four late in the fourth quarter, is it, is it more impressive that the Magic came back to win this game? What, what does this say about the Magic that they got this game out the way that they do? I think that it, it says that they were... I don't want to say they were turning the corner, but I think that this is is kind of a an important game for them, right? You know, they they just they needed yeah. that signature win. If only I mean, let's let, let, to mean, that point, let's let's not even say to that point. The Magic have five total wins against teams with winning records. I mean, they're they're they have yeah. the second worst record against teams with winning records in the Eastern Conference. Only the Chicago Bulls have a worse record than them against winning teams. Um, there, there is, to me, there is something to say about taking care of the, your business against the teams that you need to take your business against, take care of your business against. And yes, granted, Magic lost to the Hawks. They lost to the Knicks. They, they, they have bad losses. But for the most part, they have won the games that they're supposed to win. But as I think Steve mm-hmm. Clifford has said numerous times on, on podiums after games, ultimately you've got to be able to beat the good teams to win in this league, to win when it matters in the playoffs. And that's... That's where the magic is shaky. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, just I think getting that win against a good team like this, even if it didn't carry over, like when you talk about it and you think about it, is theoretically really a an important win because it, it gives you confidence that you might not have had, especially coming off 
you know, blowing that loss to the Suns, blowing that lead there. You know, you blow the lead. Yes, you come out with the victory, but you can't feel. I, I would say you can't feel super strong um, after that because of the way you finished. Then you get this win against the Lakers. Like that feels like a win that I think for a lot of teams could push them up to the next level. Obviously, the Magic put a lot into this game, um, and then they they have a tough back to back the next night playing the Clippers, um, and then they they had another game against the and Warriors that was a game where the Magic lost the lead as West. well. Like that that was a game. The Magic had won. They lost the lead. They lost a big lead. They had to come back at the end. They came back. They took the lead late, and then they gave up a huge run at the end of that game with a guy like D'Angelo Russell who can take over games offensively and beat good defense. Um, they gave up. They gave up another. They gave up a lead and a, and a big chance to win a game. A game again. That's a bad. That's a bad loss. That's one of the games where the Magic should have won. They had an opponent they should have beaten, and they gave away the game. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that also, you know. Again, something that we've talked about is, is how young this team is. Like, these are the type of games that you have to be in and that you have to win to kind of grow that confidence to make it make yourselves like really feel like you can do it when it comes sure. down to playoff time. I mean, right? these are the this this game for the Magic. I would say the, the, they this, played this, this game, game at playoff intensity for the Magic. Ha- yeah, it has to feel like a playoff. And again, the game. Lakers, when you're playing a LeBron James team, when you're playing the Lakers, when they've got one of the best records in the West, the Lakers see playoff intensity from teams like the Magic all the time. And frankly, the Lakers did not play a playoff intense game here. Like, you, you know, we're, we're watching this. LeBron, 19 assists, but 19 points. He is not looking to score in this game. And it's not, and Aaron Gordon it, does it, a good job does, defensively, it, don't get me wrong. But LeBron doesn't have that look in his eye like he's going to try and win this game. And, all, the, all this game takes to go the other way, um, and the Lakers end up winning. Is LeBron saying, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take over," and LeBron doesn't no, do that. He, he really, he really does. Like, and we saw, we saw that happen. I mean, when he was in Cleveland, we saw that happen when he was in Miami. We saw that happen when he was in Cleveland again against the Magic. You know, LeBron can just. LeBron has this ability to just flip the switch whenever he wants. And it's it's a dangerous trait to have, I think, because I think it can lead to maybe but he, having I mean, he, but like in more. Fairness, I mean, not in fairness, like I don't think it's an excuse, but he knows he has a team that can get away with that. Like, I mean, yeah, let's, let's and, I mean, not, I don't want to take anything away from the Magic. They play a fantastic game here. They, this is the best win of the season. This is the best game of the season. That's why we're doing this live stream because this is the best game of the Magic season. And maybe we'll do this again. Ooh, okay. Maybe okay. we'll do this again for the Memphis okay. game, which was also fun, and maybe the last time we see the Magic play play basketball this year. Um, but here, okay, here's actually a good question: Is this win or the blowout against the Rockets a better? That is a good question. I, I think. I think from start to finish, the Rockets' win was better. But the fact that the Magic had to really fight for this game, the fact that they were so undermanned and they still played so well and, and, and took a win on the road from a team that, you know, yes, without Anthony Davis, but had a lot of things figured out as Aaron Gordon does that. Um, oh. Um, Okay, okay. 
on Aaron Gordon, real quick on Aaron Gordon in-game dunks. Just against the Lakers, I think we need to rank them real quick. That, that's that's number one. The off the back, that the off the backboard dunk, or a couple years ago in LA when he did the windmill in oh, traffic. Yeah. That dunk, like McGee is straight fouling, and he's still it's it's too late. It's like that was like man, like I told you there was one more one more come. <laughs> you know at. As up and down as Nikola Vucevic has been this season, like that shot right there it is so big in the grand scheme of things. Cause it, it gives the Magic a four-point lead with just under a minute left. And it, it kind of feels like it steadies that's, the ship And to me, bit, right? like, that's Vucevic's job offensively. Like, he's there to steady the ship. Like, when you need, uh, when you need just to, to get a basket, just run a pick and pop or pick and roll for Vucevic. Um, you know, my criticism for Vucevic this year is that he's taken too many threes. Um, I think that that's been a, a real issue for this team. Um, but other than that, I think he's been... I mean, his numbers are right there. I mean, I, I want him in the post a little bit more. I want him you know, not taking as many threes. I want him kind of staying in the mid-range, which I think is where he's most effective. Um, but offensively, he's been fine overall. Like, shooting hasn't been as great as it could be, but I think a lot of that's because his post-ups have decreased so dramatically. Not that he was great at post-ups, but, but he's at least above average. But kind of, right. but like back to, back to that point, like you're watching it here. The way the Magic have to gut this game out, um, you know, like things were not easy in this game. You know, the injuries, the, the Lakers coming back, you know, the, the, the Lakers charge back at them. They have to take the lead back in the fourth quarter. To me, like that, that, that meant a lot more, I feel like. And, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it's also like how special it felt, you know, experiencing it with magic Twitter, um, at one o'clock, 1230 at night. Um, like Mm -hmm. that made it feel a little bit bigger to me than the Houston game. Houston game was really like encouraging. And and obviously, you know, like I'll, I'll, I'll say this in the Houston games defense momentum is the next day's pitcher. What do the magic do next game out of this one? They get blown out by the Clippers, you know, maybe an certainly an energy drain. But the next game after that, they lose to the Warriors. And in fact, the Magic really only beat the Hornets twice in the next 10 games after this game. Orlando does not carry over this momentum, which is, which is really surprising because they play so well in this game. The Magic don't right. carry forward this momentum. That Houston game, next night, or the next outing, they come from behind to beat Memphis. And, and it really feels like the momentum starting to build heading into a big homestand. Um, obviously, we won't know... Mm-hmm what the magic would have done because the season was put on hiatus, but like it, it that I, I guess in the Houston games defense, that's that might be why the Houston game might've been bigger, might've been a better win. But to me at this point in the season, it just felt like the match needed something to give them juice against a quality opponent. And this gave it to them. Right. And I think that that's just part of the ebbs and flows. Oh, great finish. From like I said, Fultz, Fultz um, closes this game now. 116, 112. Fultz, Fultz closes this game the rest of the way. And he's got the triple-double that, that assist of Vucevic gave him his second career triple-double. Um, like, this was just an impressive performance, uh, especially at the end of the game. But, you know, again, you look at it now. LeBron hits the three with 30, 32 seconds left. The Lakers don't stop coming at the end of this game. The Magic have to make plays to, to finish it. Yeah, I, th- I think that that says something about the resiliency of this team um, that, they, that they might have shown at, you know, in 
different parts of the season. I mean, Fultz again. Over I mean, LeBron. Fultz is just over LeBron, and then he cramps. Like it's like like Fultz takes over this game at the end, at the end and, and and makes plays. Whether it's the assist of Vooch, whether it's the, those two baskets at the end. Like this this game. Here's 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 the next question. Then, having watched this game now, is this Markel Fultz's best game in a Magic uniform this year? Mm. I have two candidates. I think it's I think it's this one, or the Brooklyn game. Where he take he he win. I mean he wins that game in the fourth quarter too. I think. Okay, so so here's the the I guess the, the tough part for me is like watching this game. Like Fultz just seems so composed. And, and he's making these big plays, and he's finishing when they need him to. Um, and just because of like how things have worked out with having an, a, an actual full time job, like I haven't seen maybe as many games as as I've needed to. Um, so I oh, haven't really? seen that Nets game either. Well, yeah. In that case, let me uh, go ahead. Go ahead and keep talking while I pull up when that game's going to play. Because you know you get guys who put up triple doubles on on teams that lose all the time. Right, always mean that a guy has made a great impact on his team in a certain game. You know, this this game in particular, Markel Fultz has made a pretty profound impact on the matchup. You know, he's he's made those two big buckets late that are have pretty much locked up the game as as Aaron Gordon gets fouled after LeBron misses a. Uh, you, you hold a your breath every time LeBron Good takes defense. a three at the, end of, at the end of games, but great defense from B.J. Johnson. I, I was going to say, really good defense like, from B.J. Johnson to, to stick to, with to, to, and, to, to steal To steal, to steal the, a, a concept from our friends at the ringer. Is this B.J. Johnson's Apex Mountain? <laughs> Probably. Um, def, this is definitely his Apex Mountain game, uh, at least in a Magic uniform. Um, unfortunately... That Magic Nets game is not go is not on the replay list, which I think is a crime. As of now, I, I think that that's important to say because I do think that there's a the potential that we could see teams and stations decide to add more games. Well, like as of um, now, so like like and thanks again to our friends at Fox Sports Florida for airing these old for airing these games and and, and giving us something to watch to, to 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 feed our basketball Jones. Final thoughts here now that the Magic have won the game. I feel like I should run through the box score a little bit before we get there. Uh, the Magic defeat the Los Angeles Lakers, as you just saw, 119-118. to 118. Aaron Gordon with 21 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Markel Fultz with 21 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, his second career triple-double. Nikola Vucevic, 19 points, uh, 4 rebounds. Surprisingly, only 4 rebounds. Wesley Wundu, a career-high 19 points. Terrence Ross with 15 off the bench. B.J. Johnson with 9 Gary Clark in his Magic debut with 10 points. The Lakers led in scoring by Quinn Cook with 22. LeBron James with 19 points, 19 assists, but the Lakers fall 119 to 118. Zach, final thoughts on this game. What what were your impressions of the Magic on this night? Well, if if you had told me that Nikola Vucevic would have only had four rebounds and they would have they would have pushed the uh, the rebounding battle between the two teams, I would have uh, said you're a bold faced liar. Um, but obviously, you know, I think this was, you know, maybe a little bit of, of a coming out party of sorts from our co-folds. 
You know, we had seen him make some big plays. We saw that big dunk against the Cavs in the first game of the season, and, and we'd seen him make some big buckets um, at other points. But I think that this was really his his game to shine and, and really to kind of take things over a little bit and, and leave his stamp on the game. And then also Aaron Gordon. You know, we, we talked ad nauseum about him. You know, just what he was able to do, I think, on both ends of the court. You know, he, he came up with some big buckets, and he, he played – I think really good defense on LeBron. Yeah, overall. I think so too. Um, um, I, I I agree with that. I think I think this was, you know, kind of looking back on it now, this was the game where you really started to think that, you know, Marco Fultz isn't just some nice story anymore. Like this this kid can play and play at a really high level in big moments. Like, you know, when when you know we talked a lot during the course of this game about the Magic needing to find a guy that can finish games. Like coming you know like coming into this game. Uh, the Magic lost to the Suns on Devin Booker's kind of brilliance. They, they nearly lost to the Kings on Darren Fox's brilliance and, and needed an Aaron Gordon tip-in to win that game. Um, it, it, this was a game where it really felt like Fultz is a guy who can take over and, and really impact all facets of the game and, and really just make a huge impact. And, and not only that, and, and giving Dap to Jimmy Goldstein, which, which, is, which is truly truly the, the highest, highest praise you can get in the NBA. Um, that this was a game that it really felt like, you know, Fultz isn't just a nice nice reclamation project. Like, this is a guy that should be a core part of this team moving forward. Like, this is this. It's time to buy in on this kid. It's time to like, if you haven't fully invested in this kid, it's time to fully invest in him because because he can make big plays on big in big moments against big time players. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, and, and you know, I think that again. I would say that this is probably the signature win of the Magic season. I think so, too. So, yeah, I think that this is definitely the signature win of the season. And it's it's a quality win. It's obviously a, a kind of unprecedented times. And, and obviously, we're, you know, we're all still figuring this out and hoping that the curve flattens soon and, and we can get back to, to watching live basketball. But, uh, you know, if we can't, you know, this, I hope this has been fun. I hope this is... Uh, this has gotten, gotten people thinking wistfully about this team again and, and, and enjoying... Uh, what, what, you know, I think both of us feel like is, is if not the best, uh, one of the best wins. Of one the of the best wins. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I want to, you know, I, we're going to, you know, finish up here soon. But one thing that I, I want to applaud the networks for, and, and I get it, like it's, it's tough because we've seen all these events, but I think it's really good that these networks are going and, and trying to put on these old games for us just to, to give us something, um, because for so many people, like these are are moments and, and games that meant a lot to them, you know. Um, you know, e- the other night ESPN re-aired the uh, the Rose Bowl between USC and Texas. Yeah, that was a great game. That was, that was a fantastic game. You know, just being able to look back on a game that maybe you you haven't watched in a handful of years, and being able to pick out maybe something that you didn't pick up on the first time it happened. Is nice, um, and and again, it just it gives us a little bit uh, an escape, even if it's only an hour or two. It, it lets us get away from what the reality of things are now, and I think that that's important for for everybody. Um, for sure, for sure, um, and and hopefully, hopefully, you know, hopefully, Fox Sports Florida guys, you know, you know, Dante, uh, David, Jeff, Ty Easton, you know, you know, heck, Paige, Mackenzie. 
tell whoever you need to tell, give us classic games during the, give us classic games after the season ends. Don't, you know, we were supposed to have four more playoff games. Give us four classic games. Um, if you can, um, the NBA is doing this great thing, uh, NBA together on their Facebook page, um, re-airing old games. They re-aired, uh, Tristan Grady's 62 point game 62 point uh, the point other game. night. I've yep. actually watched that game, uh, again, over again before. And, uh, um, Tracy McGrady is awesome. Um, everyone else is not. Gil- Gilbert Arenas Gilbert is awesome, is awesome in that too. game, but uh, everyone else on both teams is 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 not awesome. It was bad. Uh, I remember like NBA TV aired that game, so they put in a two hour window, and so they cut out part of the game, and they they left in a part where neither McGrady nor Arenas was uh, was in the game, and I was just like, watch. I remember watching it. I'm just like, why did they leave that part in the game? Take that part out, <laughs> dear God. Um, but um, hopefully we get more classic Magic games. You know, I'm sure NBA TV will air some old Shaq games. Um, you know, I've, I'm hoping, you know, since now I've discovered this technology at least, I'm hoping we can get a couple of the Magic bloggers together and rewatch some Magic games as well and share our thoughts on them like we did today as well. Um, I want to thank everyone for sticking with me through some technical difficulties. I know that there might have been some problem with my audio in the first half. I'm using a new program that I was not familiar with. This was a little bit of a test run, so I apologize. Um, I think we I think we had a lot of good conversation and and hopefully we can do this again uh, the next you know for for a future magic game as well um, if, if people want it um, I'll be posting this this feed or or at least uh, part of this this telecast on Locked On Magic um, so Zach tell everyone where they can find you if they want to they want to follow you and, and pester you with magic questions yeah if if you're not already um, you can find me on Twitter at Zach Oliver NBA um, it, there's no guarantee that I'm just going to tweet about the NBA I'm going to tweet about a lot of things uh you'll probably see me tweeting a lot about golf this upcoming week because i'm going to be sad that uh we're not watching the masters live um but you know some historical round is going to be really nice and uh yeah i mean you know come interact you know i try to try to keep it loose try to have a good time but i've you know the last few weeks have been a little bit more serious um with everything going on but you know uh, you can find me there, and obviously you can find all of my work on Orlando Pinstripe Post, as well as the Do You Believe in Magic podcast with myself, Aaron Goldstone, and Will Ogburn, which I'm sure we're going to have something coming up here pretty soon. Um, kind of touch base with all of us, um, see how we're handling everything, and, and talk some magic yep, basketball. Absolutely. Um, if, if, if you're if you're listening if you're listening to me, you should be listening to Zach and his crew as well. We all we all between between all of us, you will have every aspect of the Orlando Magic covered and. Um, Aaron is already starting on his draft prospect profiles. Um, definitely uh, give a look at those. He does a really good job uh, with those as well. Um, but I want to thank everyone who popped in during the live stream. I want to thank everyone who may be listening on Locked On Magic. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to do another live stream and talk more Magic basketball in the very near future. Um, but until then, Zach, thanks, thanks for jumping on. Zach again for jumping on to do our live watch of the Magic's win over the Los Angeles Lakers from January 15th, 2020. Had a good time chatting with him, uh, even if the first half conversations just remained between me and him since I uh, somehow forgot to turn my audio on. I got his audio all figured out. Couldn't, couldn't figure out my own um, technology. What he can do? Hopefully the next time we do a live stream, things will be a lot smoother. Uh, so definitely check us out the next time we do that. I'll announce it here on the podcast as well as on Twitter. 
at philiprr underscore omd. So again, I want to thank Zach for jumping on. You can, of course, follow him on Twitter at ZachOliverNBA. Check out his writing at Orlando Pinstripe Post. And of course, check him out on the Do You Believe in Magic podcast as well. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Be sure to also check out the latest episode of Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. Chad Ford is back with an NBA draft-focused podcast. On his latest episode, episode two of Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, he does a redraft of the 2014 NBA Draft. Who would the Magic pick in the 2014 NBA Draft? In real life, they took uh, they took Aaron Gordon. Who would they take at number four, Chad Ford? has the answer for you. Check that podcast out wherever you download podcasts. It's Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Be sure to tune in for the rest of the week on Locked on Magic. We have plenty of stuff talking about this year's Magic team, as well as one of our all-time favorite Magic teams as well. A lot to, lot to get to, a lot going on this week on the podcast. But, but until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.